ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. As the princess of the Black Mayhem Mafia, Dijon has been able to get every heart's desire, except Rakim. Rakim? Mayhem. Not only is Rakim forbidden by her brothers, But her mother, too. After seeing the effects loving the wrong man had on her mother, Dijon is determined to not have the same fate. She's forced to choose between what she thinks is a want and what her heart really needs. Rakim Mayhem lives by a code of honor, loyalty, and respect. Nothing has ever been worth breaking that code except Dijon Black. Not only is she his best friend, his best friend's sister, but she's a part of the mafia he swore an oath to. No one wants to see them together, but they find it almost impossible to stay apart. In the midst of their chaos, Naeem arrives, seemingly the answer to the mafia's current problem and the solution for Dijon's aching heart. However, karma and fate are at play and at war. Will Dijon get the happily ever after she deserves? Or will she find herself rejected by both men and the option of love no longer being served? Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile's Bookcase. I am your host, Erica the Bibliophile. And today's book is A Heart's Rejection, Loving a Mafia, a Black Mafia Princess, excuse me, by Beloved. So this is, what is this? Book number three of the Black Mafia Black Mayhem Mafia series. And I just looked it up because, um, you know, I record the synopsis before I get into the episode. Now, it was just five books. Now, Sis has added on two more books. So this is a seven part series unless she feels like adding more. And we're we going to get into it because, oh, my God. But anyway, this story is Dijon's story. Now, Dijon is, what, the only girl or daughter of um the Black family? Because you have, I think Savant is the oldest. Then you have Savant, Asad, Hassan, and then Dijon. Now, there's actually six of them, but the other two... Oh, no, there's another girl. But the other brother and sister, you know, like, nobody speaks to them. They don't stay in Memphis, so we don't talk about them. So, in my eyes, she's the only baby girl because she's the only one that counts. So, this is her story. Now, with her story, we get a background because it starts off her senior year of high school. So, Dijon and her cousin, uh, Vixen, are at the mall shopping for prom outfits and Dijon has had a crush on Rakim, aka Rock, since she was eight years old. Um, 
because she saw him at the basketball uh, court with his shirt off. And, you know, she just been in love ever since. But Hassan ain't having none of that. And they have only kissed once during a game of spin the bottle. But Hassan, you know, like pulled them apart and told Rakim to stay away from his sister. So, like I said, now she's 17 and they're at the mall. And she doesn't want to go with anybody from her high school. She wants to go with Rock. But now Hassan and Rakim are 21 while she's 17 because they're four years older than her. And Vixen gives it to her straight. Like, you know he's going to tell you no if you ask him. So why even set yourself up for that? But Dijon, like, she refuses to accept that. She's like, you know, I want to ask him. And if I can't go with him, then I guess I'll settle for one of these high school boys. And Rock is the one picking them up from the mall and taking them home. So, of course, she asks him, like, right before she's getting out the car. So he steps off the car, like, you know, I don't want Vixen all in our business because, you know, like, it's none of her business. And he tells her, you know, like, while I want to, I can't. And, you know, of course, she's in her feelings and tries to walk away. And he tells her, you know, don't walk away from me while I'm talking to you. You know, if it was anything different, I would, but I can't. And she knows this. This isn't something new to her. Like with them being in the mafia, there are things put in place. And even him respecting his best friend's wishes of leaving his sister alone. It's like, I'm not just rejecting you out the blue. It's been this way for years. And, but what pissed me off though, after he told her that, he then texted her asking if he can ride with his brother to see her off to prom. And, you know, she says no, but then she agrees, like, you know, if you want to, I guess you can. And she's all giddy because she gets to spend some time with him before prom. And that's the thing that um, pisses me off about Rakim, because it's like, I understand why you're doing this and you're trying to be respectable, you know, to the family and to your brother slash best friend. But it's like, if that's the case, like, fully respect that and leave this alone. But don't be pulling her along for the ride. And Dijon, you're old enough to know better as well. Because even me, what, I'm just turned 29. Even when I was 16 and 17, I knew better. Like, I had the mind to know better. And that's not to say that every person should know better. But it's just like, she, your brothers put you up on game. And you saw what your mama went through. Like, it's enough to know. Don't let nobody play you like that. Um, so, Rakim, uh, I'm going to call him Rock. I like Rock better. He actually drives her to prom and they kissed. But things quickly turn sour because nothing is going to change between them. So, she tells him to stay away because he's playing with her and won't do anything about the attraction between them. So, he asks her if that's really what she wants and if that's what she wants, you know, like, he's going to stay away from her. So when she says yes, he walks away from her. And on her 18th birthday, he gifted her a haul at the animal shelter because he knows how much she loves animals. So she's looking around for him. And I'm like, why would you look for him to be there if you told him not to show up? I'm like, don't say things you don't mean. So then she calls him. 
and you know asks like why aren't you here and he tells her he has something to handle and he'll call her later and that's something that he you know had to handle is the girlfriend he just broke up with to actively pursue Dejan tells him that she's pregnant so you know he's getting back with this girlfriend for the kids you know it's all for the kids and he goes to the shelter you know to talk to her in person to tell her that he's going to be a father and he was coming you know everything I just said he was coming to pursue her and he found out he was going to be a father so their almost would have been relationship still cannot happen so you know she's heartbroken and feels like this is yet another rejection from him and it's messed up that she won't be able to have this life with him or even try to pursue something with him and it's just like I feel like you putting 20 on 10 but whatever and this is also the time that Hassan started sleeping with the plug's daughter and you know that turned into that shootout and Savant and Remy were sent to jail for seven years so now it's seven years later so that makes this around the time that the brothers are getting out of jail and coming home so in the last seven years Rock and Deshaun have been keeping their distance from each other and you know basically saying hi and bye and not saying anything but now that the brothers are coming home they're going to be around each other more which I find so weird it's like what about Savant and Remy is going to make y'all communicate more than what y'all are doing now because what those two brothers do in the family y'all shouldn't have to communicate with each other but this is the excuse they're going to use so at the brothers welcome home party Rock and Dijon sneak away to his house And, you know, where she feels special because nobody is allowed to his house, not even the mafia. Because as far as his son knows, his dad is an entrepreneur of a hotel, an apartment complex, and a bed and breakfast. So it's like, as far as, what's his son's name? Orion? His daddy is legit. Like, he's a real businessman. He's not in the mafia. He don't know no thugs, no nothing like that. They don't know nothing about that. So Rock tells her, you know, she's welcome anytime, but Dijon finds that hard to believe because he has a mother-in-law suite that his baby mother and son live in. So it's just like, I'm not coming around here when your baby mama is like just a few feet away. And of course, the two women can't stand each other and have even fought three times. And that's some shit that I'm trying to understand. Like, that's not even my nigga. What did you what is you fighting her for she the baby mama like what is there to fight about and I laugh though because it says in the book that they fought fairly twice and in those two fair fights Dijon won but that last and I'm not even calling it a fight then because that last altercation Tatiana and her friends jumped Dijon so it's like you know you can't beat um this girl in a one-on-one so you had to go get extra people so that don't mean you want to fight that just mean you pussy and you can't fight on your own speaking of like this is a quick sidebar because the other day 
when um, I was getting off work and me and my mama was coming home, riding in the car, I'm, you know, looking down at my phone, not paying no attention. And she touched my arm like, look, look. And we see these two boys jumping this one boy. And I was just so disgusted. I said, y'all still jumping, niggas? And I was just like, I told my mom today, I said, I was so irritated when you pointed it out to me. Because I'm like, damn, people is still jumping, niggas. And you can tell that the two boys that was jumping the boy was pussy. Because it's like, they got their licks in and then they took off running. Because I just got a feeling once that boy got his bearings, it would have been over for them so they got their licks in and they took off running and so anyway back to the story they agreed to be friends with benefits because nothing else can come of this situation they still can't be out in the open they still can't be in a relationship so basically they have to sneak around but rock tells her if it becomes too much let me know under my son, the mafia will always come first to me. Blood in, I took that oath. But I need you to understand something. You're never in the running for a place in my heart. You are my heart. And you will never have any competition. So, you know, of course this does something to her. Which it would do something to me too. I don't know if it's just be love. Or if niggas really be out here talking like this. But... All the men in her books, like, they just have a way with words. Because it's like, if you tell me something like that, of course it's going to make me love you or want to be with you even more. So, you know, of course they have sex for the first time. It's everything she thought it would be even more. They rocked each other's world, whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, But, of course, being friends with benefits means that they don't spend a lot of time together because... They have to sneak around, sneaking in hotels, but also because Tatiana finds out and uses their son and her um, job as a way to interfere with their time. She always has to have Rock get their son because she has to go to work or she just randomly picked up a shift. So Dijon is having lunch with her mother who gets into her head about Rock. So she's like, you know, how long is this going to last? Like, how long are you going to let him use you? And it's really off her own bitterness of what their father did to her. And, you know, Savant Savant, um, does not acknowledge the mama at all. He don't pay her no attention. So really, she only can dump all of her emotions and how she feels about the mafia and their father on Dijon. And Dijon allows it because she feels like she's all that her mother has. And I'm like, while you thinking that and you letting your mom get into your head like that, she is bringing her down. Like in this book, it was every time there was a scene with her and uh, the mama's name is April. I would get so pissed off because it's like, like Vanna with her mama. You know that your mom is like a soul-sucking leech. There's nothing good that's going to come from interacting with her. And this is the person that you choose to like have such intimate moments with. So anyway, you know, like they're going back and forth about her relationship with Rock and how they're not going, they're not going anywhere and all that type of stuff. And 
everything that Dijon does or decides to do is wrong and she needs to follow God and get her life right and whoop, 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 blah, blah, blah. You see what that did for me? He's going to do the same thing to you. You need to follow me and do what I'm doing. It's just like, oh my God, shoot me now. Um, Where are we? So, of course, when she meets up with Rock later, she's acting weird because she like literally let her mom get into her head about what she's doing with him and now she like feels kind of dirty or whatever so she's acting weird and the vibe is off so he of course notices this about her because that's the type of guy that he is and the kind of relationship they have excuse me so if anything changes he automatically knows and so he asks her you know what's wrong she doesn't want to talk about it. She's like, you know, let's not talk about it. Let's just have sex. And he's like, no, that's not what this is. But of course, that's all she reduces it to. So he has sex with her because she acts. But afterwards, like he goes into the bathroom and slams the door. And now it's her turn. <laughs> See, and I hate people who manipulate other people and are manipulative. Because it's just like... She then asks him, you know, like, what's the problem? Are you mad at me now? Like, no, don't try to talk to me now when I was trying to understand your feelings and talk to you. And you basically just told me, like, nigga, pull that dick out. Don't ask me no questions. So Savant texts her, like, a few, it was either the next day or a few days later that Hassan and Rock almost came to blows over her because Hassan could smell Deshaun, uh, Deshaun's. Dijon's perfume on him and this even further makes her believe that they need to end this and just let it let bygones be bygones and so her mom told her like on that lunch that they were going back and forth on you know like let me hook you up with this guy I met him at church whoop de whoop whatever I know his grandmother so she decides to go on a date with him she has the guy meet her at Kirby's, which, if you remember, is Assad's restaurant named after his mother, which is, you know, Deshaun. They don't share the same mother. They have the same father. Um, And I'm like, why would you think that was a good idea? And she's surprised to see Rock there when she goes there. So instead of going to meet her date at the bar where they're supposed to meet at, she goes over to Rock first. And they're having this conversation and they both like speak at the same time, deciding to end things and just let it go. So Trenton walks over to her when he sees her and asks if their plans have changed. Cause it's like, I see you kind of into this deep conversation with this other nigga. Should I dip? And she tells him, no, like, you know, just let me finish this and I'll be right with you. And Rock gets up to walk away, but telling her, you know, I want to see you happy, but we need some time away from each other because I'm not going to take it well seeing you with somebody else. And she, (laughs) when I tell you, I was pissed. She claimed she didn't think that he would care because they're both single. And this is where, not even with just her, like, this situation that they got going regardless pissed me off so bad. Because it's like, y'all are telling each other that y'all love each other. That y'all, 
you know, like this thing between y'all, even though people can't know about it, it's real and y'all love each other and y'all are in love. So why would you think the person that you're in love with wouldn't care that you were out on a date with somebody else, creating memories with somebody else? Like, am I stupid? I don't get it. But when she turns back around, Trenton is gone, which I would be too. There's no way I'm standing around for this. Like, but you were supposed to meet with me. And it's like, obviously, this your nigga who ain't your nigga that you want to be your nigga. So you know what this nigga gonna do? Dip. And so after that, Dijon, who stays with her mother, not because she has to, but because, like I said before, she feels like she is all that her mother has. So if she moves out, like her mom is really going to go off on the deep end. But she's ready to move out now because she's in her feelings about what's going on with her and Rock. And, you know, she's going to get her house from Hassan because she beat him in a game of pool and he told her you know if you ever beat me in pool I'll buy you a house so she pulls up to Rock's house to talk to him because she just wants to make sure that they're okay and it's just like why y'all have talked about this so many times and nothing is changing this is just a way to get herself back in with him so but when she pulls up to his house he's not there But Tatiana is there and she is all too happy to tell her that he's out on a date, which for some, this confuses me that um, Dijon is upset, but she, she's upset and then she's also confused about how happy Tatiana is to tell her that he's on a date. And she's like, you know, what's, what's this? Like, what, what's all this you doing? And Tiana's, Tatiana, excuse me, explains that she doesn't have a problem with Rock seeing other people, sleeping with women, whoop-de-whoop, whatever, whatever, because she knows that it's not serious. She hates Dijon because she knows that Dijon is really the love of his life, and she is the only woman that could possibly threaten her situation. Like, who was that? Casey Mills, the story what was it, too hot to handle, something like that, where the baby mama just wanted the benefits of being the baby mama, like, everybody know who she is, when she goes, excuse me, places, she gets free drinks and all that type of stuff, and she's just acknowledged as the baby mama, and she feels like if they ever got into a serious relationship, that Dijon would threaten that and cut off her benefits so now that they're not together she doesn't care so he calls her because he's like you know I see you on my security cameras is there something that you wanted and she says no like and like you I'll talk to you later whatever whatever so later that night he shows up to April's house which thankfully April is sleeping but they go back up to Dijon's bedroom and have closure sex and I'm like what is this closure that you're getting if y'all had closure the night in the restaurant or the club or whatever Kirby's is I just I don't understand it and so this is also around the time that Scarlett came back to let aside know that he's going to be a daddy again and Savant was opening up his place that he has so 
she moves into her home. She has a small cottage home, which sounded so cute and something that I would want because it would literally be just me. So there's no need for like a big old house. So this small cottage house that's described sounds so perfect. So my vibe. And at her housewarming party, once again, Rock sends her sends her a gift, but he's not there. But her mother is also not there. So that strained relationship just is what it is at this point. Okay, so now it's seven months later, which is present time now. So seven months after all that happened, we are now up to where book two ended off at with Dijon taking Hassan's position while he's out because, you know, he was shot and Vanna is pregnant. And Savant shows up to her place in the middle of the night because he claims to have called her 30 times and she didn't answer. So he thought something was wrong, but she was just sleeping. So he informs her of her blood in, blood out ceremony is all set up and, you know, soon she'll learn why the relationship between her and Rock would have never worked. And he's kind of like beating around the bush, but she tells him like, you know, if you have something to say, please just say it and get it out. But he's like, nah, you're un- you will understand later. So then we are introduced to Naeem, who, excuse me, it was so weird, though, because it's like we're getting all this backstory about Dijon and Rock and then kind of just like, bloop, here's a new character. But Naeem is introduced as someone with a life coach. He's in his house just playing video games, really trying to ignore whoever this woman is at his door. Because he missed his session with her, so now she's knocking at the door. So Naeem is on probation, and one of the stipulations of him being released is he has to see a therapist and a life coach once a week, but he hasn't been doing, you know, either session. So she shows up like, do you want to go back to jail? Like, let me know, because I can set that up for you. And it's not even her trying to be a hard ass because she cares about him but it's just like all you have to do out of seven days just pick one day and talk to me and talk to your life coach and just try to move past this situation so he used to be deep in the drug game and something tragic happened that you know just kind of messed him up because the life coach mentioned something of an anniversary of an event coming up and him not going into a dark place so he promises to look for a volunteering opportunity to get out of the house and you know she accepts this as progress so it's like you're not going to be in the house just wallowing in her sadness being mad being angry being upset so I'll take it And, you know, he's going to volunteer because he doesn't need a job. He has a million dollar farmhouse that guarantees that he'll never have to work again, as well as the work he put in as a former hitman and enforcer. So, you know, he got money everywhere. So, of course, this leads him to Dijon's 
dog grooming business and after he explains his situation to her of just needing a place to volunteer she agrees to let him you know work because I was gonna say work but it's not work she agrees to let him volunteer because when he first got there you know they're like she has one other employee we're not hiring we're not hiring he's like I'm not looking for a job. Like, I'm here to volunteer. I don't need no money. Just let me come in a couple hours out the week and boom, bow. So there's an immediate attraction between the two. But Naeem promises to be on his best behavior because he's not looking for a relationship. So it's like, damn, another unavailable nigga. What do I do with this? So... Because of her new position, Rock is Dijon's head of security, like, during the day. So he comes to her house, and they're walking around. He's telling her, you know, how the setup's going to be, whatever, whatever. So now it is time for her blood-in, blood-out ceremony. And Assad has a speech, tells her, you know, they thrive off a pack mentality. The mafia demands loyalty and oneness. There's no one above the mafia, and blood in, blood out means that whether you're related by blood or not, you all get treated the same. Like, she's not getting any favoritism, and to get into the mafia, you will be assigned a gun that is used for the blood of an enemy. It's required that you release their spirit to join us in spirit. That's crazy. Like, when you just think about that sentence, it kind of gives me chills. But I'm kind of, like, I kind of want to do it at the same time. Anyway, um, should you dishonor us by snitching, switch sides, and begin to work with our competition or enemy or try to leave, the body you catch on this gun will be used as our insurance. Do you understand? So... Like how, what was his name in the first book? Like how Malcolm did to Scarlett. Like anytime there was a problem that he had to solve for her and that gun that they killed people with that had her uh, fingerprints on it. So it's like if she ever tried to leave, that gun would mysteriously find its way to the police and she could be in jail for the rest of her life. Asad tells her, the mafia is permanent. You will always be a part of the mafia, whether you are an active or inactive member. The only way you can completely leave the mafia is if you have children and start your family. Other than that, you are only allowed to step down as an inactive member. If we ever need you, we must be able to rely on you and become active during that time. So it's just like, basically... Are you sure you want to do this? Because once you are in, you are in. So, but the thing is, she's coming in as Hassan's temporary replacement. So when he comes back, she will be granted the grace to leave permanently one time. If she decides not to leave, then she's considered a permanent yet inactive member. So, you know, they give her a chance. Like, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to do this? You know, we'll understand if you don't. But she says, no, I want this. And 
the last thing that Assad says, the only thing above the mafia is our children. We are not individuals. We are a unit. Our spouses, our parents, our businesses, nothing comes before the mafia. No love, no relationships, none of that. If you try to put any of these things above the mafia, that will be considered dishonor and you will be disciplined. Depending on how much we value you, that determines your punishment. Sometimes it's a beating, jail time. Sometimes you're banished to a different country or given to our enemies. And sometimes it's death. So now in that moment, she understands why Rock didn't want to go against Hassan and the mafia for her. It wasn't just his friendship on the line. It was the lineage of the mafia, their power within the drug world and his life. So how would they be able to survive if Rock was murdered because of his dishonor. And it's like, really not even that is how I'm looking at it. It's just like, if he decides to honor his best friend, like just simply being best friends and saying, you know, I don't want to fall out with my friend over an, an attraction I have with you because say if it doesn't work, then I've lost you and I've lost my best friend. And then sometimes those relationships don't work simply because while y'all are straining to make it work, y'all have everybody else pulling against y'all. And that makes for a terrible relationship. So, Naeem is out with his friends at Savant's place, you know, just chilling with his friends but while he's there he's reflecting on the time he spent in jail he went on a killing spree because his wife and kids were killed he only served five years he was supposed just like savant and remy he was supposed to have a life sentence but he only um ended up doing nine because he served five inside of prison he spent four years in a halfway house And this last year is him um, doing the therapy and life coach sessions. And then after that, he'll be completely free. So someone screams out, what is this? Delgado. And Naeem thought it was for him. But Savant is the one that is pushed down before shots ring out. And Naeem is confused as to why his enemies are gunning for Savant. And he's also confused as to who Savant is. But he doesn't even have time to think about that before he pulls out his gun and just starts shooting back. And Delgado is the name of the mafia family, you know, that Hassan and the daughter was mixed up in. And that is the same family that betrayed Naeem and killed his family, which caused him to go out and kill as many Delgado members he could in 72 hours so I believe it's the next day the Black Mayhem Mafia sit down to discuss what happened and everybody is just saying you know good thing that random nigga was busting back for us and you know like do did we ever find out who that was and they say his street name is unhinged so it goes it's really Naeem and it's his backstory. So the legend is he got in, he got started in the streets 
young, just like the rest of them, on the corner selling at 11 years old. He got married young because his life moved so fast. So he had about two or three kids. He was working as a freelance hitman and word spread around about how good he was and the Delgados wanted him as their own secret weapon. So once they secured him, he worked for them alone. And from what else they've heard, one of Lewis, who is like the head of the Delgados, one of his nephews became obsessed with unhinged wife. So he ended up going to their house one night to drop off some money when unhinged slash Naeem wasn't there. And he ended up trying to rape her. But he fought, she, I'm sorry, she fought for her life. So the guy ended up killing her. Then he raped her. And then he he ended up killing the kids too. So when Naeem got home, he watched the security cameras to see what happened and see who did it. So he called the police on his way out and ended up going on a rampage. So for three days straight, he killed everybody that was attached to the Delgado family that he could find. And by the time he was done, he ended up to he ended up having close to 40 murder charges. And so they asked like how is he even out right now? But his former father-in-law was a judge, so they were able to convince the jury that he suffered from a psychotic break, which is like, yeah, I came home to my wife and children murdered. I'm not in my right mind by what I do after that. So, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Sorry. Which is so crazy because originally they found him not guilty, but there was a second trial and then he was found guilty by reasons of temporary insanity. So, I wish you would have went into what happened with the first trial as to why there was a second trial. So one day while Naeem is at work, Dijon calls, nope, it's not one day. I think it's the next day. uh, Sorry, Dijon is calling out for Naeem, goodness. And he's not responding so she walks up to him and taps him on his shoulder and he like spins around real fast his right hand grips her neck and he has like a spray hose in his hand so he sprays her with the other and she's trying to fight her way out of his grasp because you know he's he done blacked out he's not in his right mind right now until she tries to do a little maneuver to break the hold that he has on her neck. So it's like he clicks back and it's like, oh my goodness, are you okay? So she says, you know, I'm fine. You just startled me. And of course he's trying to calm her down. Like, are you okay? Like, are you sure that you're okay? And I'm starting to feel like I'm the weirdo in this situation like when I read these books because once again it's like how are we bringing up anything attraction related or even thinking about that right now but when he asks her again like are you sure you're okay she says physically yeah I like 
I like to be choked during sex, so that was fine. And it's just like, I'm on Naeem's side. Like, girl, now is not the time to be talking about sex. But she's like, you know, it just popped out. And she's just trying to calm him down, really. Like, very much the white girl. Like, hey, hey, look into my eyes. It's me. It's me. You know me. You know you're not like it. Like, girl, what? That nigga just choked you. Kick his ass out. Um, but they go out to eat to have a conversation, getting to know each other better, whoop-de-whoop, whatever, whatever. Um, but he tells her that he also wants to sit down with the mafia to discuss some things because he wants to help them out. So he find like, after he finds out who she is and whatever, whatever. So the meeting goes well between him and the mafia because, you know, they need his help. They want his help. And he's put on as Dijon's security since he's already volunteering at her shop. So with that, they get closer because he then told her about his farm. And Dijon loves animals. So she goes out to his house to see his farm. And they end up having sex. And this is, once again, another bad situation because Naeem is another um unavailable guy it's like he's still even though it's been 10 years he's still not over his dead wife or the fact that his kids were taken from him so he's not looking to be in a relationship or love anybody so after they have sex she decides that it was a mistake and they just need to keep things professional because here's another man that can't love her out loud and she wants to be loved out loud and One night, they're at the club, just kicking back, and she's drunk, trying to get him to take her home, and he's like, you know, I'll take you home, but we're not having sex because you said you didn't want to do this, so now that you're drunk, I'm not giving in to what you think that you want, but he tells her, I'm sorry, this made me tingle. That's not permission for you to fuck nobody else, though. I'm giving you grace and space to figure shit out, but you and that pussy is mine. That's my heaven on earth and portal to the most high. If I even think you gave it to another nigga, I will kill him. Do you understand me? And it's just like, girl, just drop to your knees right there and say, yes, Lord. Yes, daddy. Okay, I quit, I quit, I quit. So, but I also had to pull over right quick because I'm like, don't make it seem like she's the only one that doesn't know what she wants. Like, you also don't know what you want. So if you've told her that I'm not looking for a relationship and I don't think I'm going to fall in love, like, why would I be on this roller coaster with you? So, yeah, she just was horny for a little bit, but... Don't make it seem like you know what you want and you want to be with her because that's not what you said. Um, so he, it was the dead wife's birthday, uh, Destiny. And, you know, he had liquor in his back seat. But when he pulled up to his house, the therapist was there waiting on him like, oh, sir, you're not going to be up in this dark ass house just drinking liquor on this good day. Nope, we're supposed to be out doing things. So what are we doing? So they have a little breakthrough moment and she's like, you know, what's up? 
what do you think your wife would want for you? And, you know, he goes into his mind saying, what do you want for me? And the response he hears back is love. And at first he's frightened because he thinks that the therapist is talking out loud. And she's like, honey, I haven't said anything. So, you know, what does she want for you? And he's like, you know, I heard the word love, but I don't think I'm ready for a relationship. And there's somebody in the therapist is like, whoop, whoop, back, back it up. There's somebody like, you ain't told me that you was talking to nobody, me and nobody. And she like hyped up like, so spill the tea, sis. What's, what's, what's going on? So he tells her like a little bit, but not too much. And she tells him, if you don't go after that woman, and stop, like, you gotta stop living in the past, it's time to move on, so he goes to her house where, you know, she's working, and Rock is there, and when she sees him, she smiles, and, you know, she's like, what are you doing here, so he tells her, go get your shoes and shit, let's go home, and it's just like, oh, my heart, like your little place is cute but your home is with me at my house get your shit so we can go home so he then talks to rock you know one-on-one man to man and says i need to know how you would feel about me sticking around after this delgado situation is taken care of so rock is like professionally or personally and he says both, you know, like, I'm gonna go to the brothers to receive their blessing to pursue her. But if me being around is gonna bother you, then I won't. Which, like, I get it because it's like, it's mafia shit and it's person business, not personal. But it's just like, I really wouldn't give a fuck how Rock feels. Like, if they can't be together, who cares? Um... But, you know, Rock is like, no, I want to see her happy. And if that's going to be you, then, of course. And I appreciate you coming to me as a man. I just want the best for her. And if that's you, then, hey. So she come creeping around the corner like, hey, everything okay? Nobody's fighting, right? And it's like, girl, mind your business. This is a man's conversation. Just let it be a man's conversation. You weren't going to do nothing about it anyway. Um, But Rock, before he leaves, he sends him off with a warning and tells him, you know, if you hurt her, I'll kill you my fucking self. So, you know, when they're left alone, she's like, you know, I thought you weren't going to see me today. You weren't answering no text messages. So I thought, you know, you was doing your own thing. And he tells her, at that moment, like, you know, today is Destiny's birthday, and I call her the therapist, this is the life coach, he says, my life coach reminded me that life is for the living, and that I would be a fool to keep climbing back into my darkness when there's someone helping pull me into their light, so Dijon is like, oh, she sounds smart, I need to meet her, and then she asks, you know, like, is she taking on new clients, because my brother needs somebody to talk to, so can we make this happen? Um, so they were playing a game in the car, uh, Dijon and Naeem, of who knew, like, the most music on the radio artist, name of the song, we'll do whatever, whatever. And whoever won, won got whatever they wanted. So Dijon won, and she wanted a shopping spree. So she was all packed and ready to go to New York, for the shopping spree, 
but she's feeling kind of on edge because pretty soon they are going to attack the Delgado family and, you know, try to take them out. And, you know, at some point they're sitting at the house just waiting for them to get back. Of course, they complete the mission of wiping out the Delgado family, all the men. They left, you know, after they basically did a massacre, massacre, hoping that the women just went back to, I forgot what country they were from, you know, going back to their country and starting new families and basically forgetting that this ever happened because if they try to get their own revenge, they got something for them. So when they get back, Naeem talks to the family about staying on with them and dating Dijon, which of course they all give their blessing to and they like him. They want to see her with him. They want to see her happy. And that is the end of this story and the next story I believe is Savant's story because at the end of this book they give you a little sneak peek into the next book or I think it's the epilogue the point is I was so pissed because I wanted to read I'm like oh let me see what this gonna be about so the mafia helps out people you know who need help when they come to them so savant is on like a zoom or facetime with a woman who can't meet him face to face and she's explaining her story of how she was shot and raped and left for dead and her father told her that she had to leave the country to you know just stay hidden until everything and America was all figured out. And she's like, you know, it's been 10 years and I'm ready to come home. But my father always has an excuse. Lo and behold, it's destiny. Naeem's presumed dead wife who believes that her husband knows that she's still alive and hasn't came for her yet. And I'm like, girl, why you just couldn't stay dead? So... Yeah, the next story is Savant's story, but I think the story after that, like the fifth story, is does Naeem get back with his dead wife, or does he pursue what he has going on with Dijon? And honestly, I feel like he should keep what he has going on with Dijon because even though it's fucked up to think that she's died and you know like their kids are dead they didn't really want to be married anyway like from what it sounds like like once again he was sleeping with her and they were forced to be married just because they were sleeping together like how the Delgado was trying to do to Hassan when he found out that he was sleeping with his daughter, it's like, just because these people are sleeping together do not mean that they have to get married. And that's not to say he didn't love her, because obviously he did, but it's just like, man, would y'all have really lasted if she was still alive in that moment? And it's just like, girl, it's been 10 years. What have you been doing with yourself? Anywho, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope to see you back next week. Peace and blessings. Mwah.